Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right. I am so excited today. With me is an old friend, Brandon T. Adams, a two-time Emmy award-winning producer, TV host, media expert, investor, advisor. Brandon owns an advisory and marketing agency with his business partner, Kevin, Har- Kevin Harrington, who was an original shark from the hit TV show, Shark Tank. So he's the founder of Accelerant Media Group, which produces commercial, social media content and TV shows. There's not a lot of people who have uh, this kind of breadth of experience, Brandon. I hope you give me a second while I finish out this bio. You do tech, telehealth, marketing, blockchain, entertainment, film, franchising, consumer products. That's a lot. But basically, man, you're just an incredible dude. You're an incredible man with an incredible heart and a passion for helping people and businesses really reinvent themselves and be heard by who matters. And so this has been a long time coming. Welcome to the Intentional Soul. Well, I've been waiting for this moment for a while. I'm so excited to be here and uh, to go on the journey and just have some fun and share some wisdom because we it's crazy when we first met and to now so much has happened. And so honored to be here, Tom. It's, uh, it's insane. So you and I met, uh, you were the host and the executive producer of the Emmy award-winning show Success in Your City. And that's essentially where, where we met. We were, we had uh, in Phoenix, we set up an incredible last minute kind of like charity event to kind of give to the community. And you with that show were really about redefining what success was. And we had an incredible crew. We had me, we had Mandy Monahan, we had Scott, we had Rick. There's a whole bunch of us that were really awesome. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever, you know, that was my first experience with you and, and Sam. And I don't know if I've ever met someone is willing to swing big and take huge risks, exhibit unshakable confidence, you know, in the end result is you. And I'm just thrilled to have you. And I'm so excited uh, for the people in the intentional soul to hear your story and your perspective, and especially in the realm of, of risk taking. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, so I'll give quick on the background. I was born and raised in Northeast Iowa, small town, Garnavillo. I grew up as an entrepreneur. My dad was in the ice business, so we sold packaged ice for a living. I say ever since I was a kid, like I remember at five years old, dragging the bags of ice in the back of the truck. I worked with my father. And so he really ingrained in me business, entrepreneurship, buying and selling, customer relations, all that. So as a kid, I got to see business, not only do it, but experience it for my father. And I did that for a good part of my life. So from literally a kid to high school, and then once I went to college, really the kind of mindset change for me, which I know you, you've you read the book as well, is I got led to a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. It's, it's a guy that's he basically, he published in 1947, but he he interviewed people like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Andrew Carnegie, all these people. And he found out the philosophy and principles of success and what it takes to be a success. And that doesn't mean necessarily money. It could literally mean anything, whatever your own version is. I read it, 
And it completely changed how I thought. Like it made me realize I could be whoever I wanted in the world. I just had to have a burning desire, persistence, be around the right people and never give up. And so that book changed how I thought. And then I ended up inventing a product called Arctic Stick, the cool and flavor drinks, took it to market, never really made any money. But I always share that story because that endeavor is what led me to the thing called crowdfunding. I was raising money for different endeavors, but crowdfunding is what led me to video production because crowdfunding, the, the key component to raising money was the story we told and the video that we created. So we created a video which said, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're doing. Here's how you can get involved, which was, well, get behind us and, and give us money. And so once I saw that side of it, I really became more obsessed with the TV production, video production, storytelling side. And that's when I went all in and created Seller Media Group. Since then, we've done multiple shows. I'm, I'm EP multiple shows in front of the camera, uh, behind the scenes. And then I got more into helping businesses grow through video production. And then the 2018, when we met, um, we did the show Success in Your City, which you're associate producer of, mentor, and really helped us. Like, I got to say, the team in Scottsdale, you guys were the catapult that allowed us to make this show really get the fire to start. And it was one of the most challenging things we did. I mean, I was all in and so much so like I almost lost my relationship. I lost almost every, I did lose everything for a while, got everything taken away from me, stripped, but I ended up coming up back on top. And that journey taught me just different versions of success and made me look differently at life and how I achieved things and what even mattered. And uh, showing out, released on Amazon Prime 2019, we ended up writing a book on it as well called The Road to Success. And I don't even know if you know this, Tom, but Come this summer, we're actually re-releasing this show through Bespoke TV, Direct TV, and and other cable outlets around oh, the country. So, so it's that's awesome. It's man. cool to see it come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super, super cool. So you had working with your dad. Was there a component of entrepreneurial spirit that that was about, or was it uh, was it simply just like learning how to work and how to grind and how to work hard at that phase of your life? All, all of it. My dad was always a hard worker. He's still, I mean, he's a hard worker. A couple of things he said to me early on, he said, Brandon, use your head, not your back. Um, because in the ice business, you, you're using your back a lot. He had two herniated discs. He's had hip surgery is all of it. But I learned that. But some things I took away from my father, because he, he loved making money, doing deals. I remember during the holidays in the summertime for the ice business, it's when we grinded because that's when we made our money. And so I love that passion, that grind, like that see you, you put in the work and you get the reward, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we got cash and work. It was, it was a fun business. And, but really what I kind of took away from my father, a couple of things, relationships. He knew all of our, his customers, which I did too, by name by name basis, communicated with them, talked with them. And he also would do something every year. We'd have like people come out to our cabin. He would create community. So like bring people together, provide value to them. We play cards, he'd cook food. And, and that actually kind of further later on in my life really stood with me and, and stayed with me for the rest of my life, at least to, I'm 33 now, is I put on events around the country. So I bring people together and really I'm just doing it in a different format. I'm bringing in speakers, I'm bringing in talent. And so those things that my dad did with us early on, really kind of stayed with me. And now I do it in everything I do in business today. Got it. Makes sense. And so you talked about 
Napoleon Hill and the Think and Grow Rich uh, when you're in college did Arctic Stick. Was that while you were in college? Or was that like inspired by, did you read this book all of a sudden say, oh my God, I want to go create something. And then you created that. Or was it all just kind of things were happening at the same time? So I read the book and then that next summer, like I read the book and I knew, okay, what is going to be my thing? And I, at first I'm like, I'm going to be the best in the ice business. Yeah. Because that's what I knew. And then one day while driving uh, down the road, I just like, I had a bottle of beverage. It got warm quick. I thought I could put ice cubes in it, but that's time consuming. I'm like, how could I create something that could easily fit in, but also could be something I can use in other ways. Hmm. And that's where I came up with Endeavor. And it was just an idea then. So that really the book sparked me to think bigger. And then through me challenging myself to think of how could I make more money in the ice business, I invented this product and eventually took it to market. And that inspired so many other things. Yeah. When you talk about uh, success in your city and I could see, you know, when I teed us up, it was this idea of of you had such focus and such uh, resolve. Anybody who was around in that process could see like you were, it was an intense period of time for you. Now, I, you'd never shared that, you know, hey, I'd had everything kind of taken away from me and then kind of came back on the top a little bit. But when you talk about redefining your yourself or what was important in that particular period, would you mind kind of sharing uh, just, the, just that transformative process? What insights or understandings were you having? Because that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, so every month things were changing. So first month, we're in Scottsdale, Arizona with you. We filmed second month, third month, we're in uh, Arizona uh, with the Kane team. Um, that was really kind of challenging and where I started having more faith in, in God and in life and, and my relationship because like I hit a rock bottom moment, kind of like a, a lot of things hit me at once from a business relationship and financially. But then I, I kind of came back up from that. So like this roller coaster life, and then after that, I'm like, okay, we're good to go again. Went to Boston, did our next city. And that's where really I kind of changed everything, how I thought about success. And it's because we were with David France. And David, at that time, I mean, he, prior to that, he was homeless at one time. So homeless, playing a violin, busking at the subways to get money. And by the way, he had money. He could, he could go live somewhere. But he wanted to save the money up towards his dream, which was to create an orchestra for children, for, for teenagers, young adults. And so what he did is he saved some money up from busking. He got instruments donated. He got a location donated, donated. And he started like helping these people play violin and teaching them. And he literally like created something for nothing. He crowdfunded and crowdsourced it, but he was so committed. He, and one thing he said is you can do a lot with a little and he, he really ingrained in, in my wife and I that you don't need all these material things. They don't really make you happy. And, and so after we did that filming the episode, we spent a month in Boston. I literally went home. I sold my house, got rid of my house. We sold or gave away most of the things that we had. And then that actually sparked the conversation to sell two different businesses. One was the ice business and one was an event business. And I went all in on success in your city. So when we left in June towards our next city in Denver, we literally had had what we had in our vehicle and there was a storage unit, but like we literally got rid of everything and went all in. And so that's when like people say they're committed. I mean, I was committed. And so 
that was transformational for me. And then we did a couple more cities and it kind of changed. We got married, but that was just the beginning time. Like that changed how I looked at what matters in life, what is success, how I view how different people achieve success. But after marriage, I think the roller coaster started even more because everything was stripped for me then because we got married and then I went through a whole crisis and everything was taken from me. We got our car repossessed. They took our land. They took, um, I had debt collectors. I mean, I was half a million deep in the hole. I literally lost everything. Tom, I did it. It, it was a very humbling experience and it was very, uh, I don't know, like I'm at the bottom. What am I going to do now? And was I, I did start questioning, was it worth everything I did to create the show? And it was worth it. Um, I almost lost my wife in the process. But uh, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And now it's, it's really like I'm stronger than I've ever been. My wife and I, we have a great relationship. And uh, it's, uh, anyways, just a crazy journey. And I guess one sum up to this, Thomas, I found when you go so far outside of your comfort zone and you commit to something, you and you, you're willing to risk it all. You will go through hell. You will go through a battle. But if you do stick it out, you will have experiences and success that most people will never achieve because they aren't willing to put it all on the line. I put it on the line and now I get to see the, the upside of that. Um, and I'm grateful I did. What lessons did you, because I mean, you're, you know, anyone who stays the course yeah. is generally speaking committed to this thing happened to me. What did I learn from it? How do I iterate and move on? And uh, I've never asked you that question directly. However, my hallucination is uh, that is, that's how you, that's how you approach things. So as you're going through this process, as you hit, as you hit bottom, what lessons are you kind of like internalizing and how have you taken them forward into, you know, your endeavors and what you're doing now? Yeah. So great question. So lessons, you can, it goes back to being resourceful. I looked at a couple of things when I was completely broke and having to start over again. I looked at my network. I looked at what I knew, my knowledge. I looked at my brand. I looked at everything I had as a foundation. And then I forced myself to think, how could I take the things that I have at my, my hand length, like that I have access to, and how can I turn that into a situation where I make money and get myself out of this situation? So that really forced me to think of now any business I take on, any entrepreneur I work with, any company, I take that kind of mindset of how can we use what we have and how can we turn that into something very powerful? Most people think they just got to go raise money to grow a company. Sometimes it's just really creating the right talent, the right kind of people in one place, and then use that to scale the company. So that's one thing from it. Another thing that really helps me there's, I work with a lot of different people and sometimes the CEOs and founders we work with, they're going through hell. Like they're going through a shit show and I can relate because I've been through it and I can, because of my experience, I can kind of give them some guidance advice. I'm not like some guy like trying to give advice to someone never experienced. And then the third thing is the past is a great story and message that I share now on podcast shows, speaking on stages and uh, in videos. And I really think it helps a lot of people. So I take that now and share it with the world. Your message, your message. How long did it take you? Were you immediately willing to share or, or did no. you, were you hiding for a little while? And so I, that was a tough thing. So when we, while it was happening, I was not sharing. I shared with very little people. It was very emotionally draining. And it was, I see where people completely shut down or go on depression or, or I mean, 
this wrong legacy where people commit suicide and stuff like this. Like it, it's not, it's not easy. And, and so for me, I kept going and I had to show up and I, I remember Tom, I would wake up every morning and, and one of the ways I dealt with my, my demons in my head was I went to the gym and worked out uh, because it kind of got my mind going and got my mind off things. And then I, it kind of got me fuel and energy for the day. And then I focused on, because I realized every day I woke up, I need to make money today or I'm either going to get evicted or I'm not going to have money to like provide for myself or my wife. Uh, and I also know that I have a lot of debt collectors. I had to put my phone on do not disturb because I had 20 calls a day from people that I owed money from. I was at a point, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Right. And so I was so far deep. And so through that process, I just acted is if I didn't say like, oh, I never claim like, hey, everything's amazing. I'm making all this right. money of this. Even though I was still bringing money, but it all went, I never, I never went bankrupt, just so you know. I chose. Which by the way, it would have been your legal right to do so. However, you know, you chose. Yeah, I, part of me, I have a friend where he's very successful now and I, we joke, we're like, we should have went bankrupt. Because, <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump stood at many other people. I, I chose not to because just my whole identity was like, I, I'm paying back what I had. And yeah. so because of that, every single month, all the money was going to pay debt and right. then trying to figure out. And so I'm going about, I'm doing videos still. I'm speaking on stages, which was tough too, because like, yes, I've achieved success and all these things. But in the moment, I felt like, like a, a fraud, <laughs> feeling like a fraud. But this yeah. is what I told myself, Tom. I would go in front of the mirror and I would scream at myself and say, listen here, motherfucker, you're going to figure this out. You are a success. This is only temporary. You're going to get through this. Yeah. And I would say that and I would prime myself up, but I'd also tell myself before I go on stage, I would pray and I would say this, it doesn't matter where I'm at right now, but I have a gift to communicate a story and a message. And there's somebody in the audience that if I can use this gift to communicate effectively, I can inspire them. And I can take away the fact that how I feel right now, it's not about me. It's about what I can do on this stage. That was my way to get through it. And, and not feel like a piece of crap. And it was my way to communicate. And eventually I got through it all, but that it wasn't easy. I mean, come on, when you're yeah. speaking on stages and everybody's like praising you, like you got it all figured out and you're, you don't know what the hell you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mind fuck. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. It's a brave place to, you know, a brave place to be. And, you know, Hey, the decision to organize yourself in a way that everybody gets paid back, like that's an also, you know, when you, when you look at the people that you consult for and this, the executives that you talk with or the boards that you talk with, like your resourcefulness went to an entirely new level and how to be able to deal with, yeah. uh, deal with certain things. And so I'm sure it's continued to pay, uh, pay dividends. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's extraordinary. How did you reconcile, did you, what was Sam like, and so Sam's your wife, you, you've mentioned it as your wife, I've mentioned it as Sam, like, so, so it was Sam in the, uh, was she riding shotgun with you on this, or were you kind of like, were you trying to keep her shielded from how you felt inside, like how did you personally, so let's, let's talk about coping with adversity, like, like in the moment, in an intense situation, what worked for you, how did you do it? Well, for her, it definitely, it affected her in so many ways. Um, which then that adds to my whole, whole demeanor because I'm putting right in the provider button. Yeah. Provider. I'm putting the person I love into depression. I'm a piece of shit and it is all my fault. Like it really is (laughs) my choices. 
And she almost, I mean, she lost faith in me and I can see why. And, and it hurt me. It was not fun because I told her, I gave this vision and dream and everything. And she believed in it. And I took her along this and I put her into that hole at that time. And it, it feels really good now because of where we're at. Um, because it's like, we went through that. And now look, yeah. we did it, but it, it was not easy. She was in shotgun and she really didn't have a choice at that point. And it, it was like suffocating for her, um, for both of us. But uh, we did get through it together. We, we found our wins. And for me, I, again, how did I deal with it? I told somebody this the other day on a podcast show, when you're going through any kind of hell, you can either think pe- positive or negative. And I don't care what your situation is. If you think, think negative, it is not going to help you get out of your situation. It will make your whole body feel negative. It'll make you feel bad. The only way to get through something is to think positive. And again, I know given any situation, it's not easy when you have no money or somebody died or something. But if you can force yourself to be in a positive state, then you can get positive results. And so for me, what I did was I still surrounded myself with the positive people. I read books. I literally listened to books. I listened to positive music. I exercised. I wrote down my goals. I thought about where I was going. I constantly forced myself to be in a positive state. And that was the only way I was going to get out of it. If you look at your your life and how things are configured right now, is what you're doing right now exactly what you would... Forget the path to get there. Is what you're doing right now exactly what you had imagined? Or is it totally different than what you had imagined? It's kind of both, you know, I, a lot of things I do, it's what I imagined. It just sometimes is a little in different ways. Like some of the things I'm a part of now, uh, and I'm still growing. I, I struggle with feeling like I never kind of am enough at what I'm doing or feel the full potential. Um, and I, I state publicly that that is a problem I deal with, like not sure. feeling like I've ever really achieved the thing, yeah. uh, even though I know I have it, pat myself in the back and I, I did achieve but I still have this drive to keep growing, keep doing things. But every once in a while, I'll just stop and be like, holy shit, like the things I'm doing right now, there's not many people in the world that have the experience or, or opportunity that I have. So I don't take it for granted. And so there are some things like, yes, I thought I'd be doing, whether producing TV shows, being a part of different projects or speaking at events, hosting events. But then there's times where I'm in situations or rooms, I'm like, wow, this company could be a billion dollar company and I'm a partner in it. And it's like, this is cool. Like not only take away the money side. Yeah. I make a lot of money, but it's like, I'm a part of history right now. And I have a couple of projects that I'm, or I feel like I'm a part of history and it's pretty cool. That's super, super uh, inspiring. What kind of flexibility have you had to, to maintain? Like so now go back into the, the, like the journey. And if you look at it from, like flexibility. Will you just talk about adaptability and flexibility as it relates to navigating the, you know, when everything's falling apart? Yeah. Well, you got to be adaptable and you always got to be flexible. And even when it's, think about when it's falling apart, even when things are going good, like I don't like when things seem to be going like I'm too comfortable. Okay. Um, for every level, there's another devil. And okay. so I, <laughs> I like that. I'm going to borrow that. <laughs> so for every level, like as I grow, I'm constantly forcing myself to do things that even scare me when most people would be like, okay, this is good. I want to idle at this. I don't because I know the second that I do that, laziness, complacence, like will kick in. And then I will, I will no longer have my momentum. 
So I will put myself into positions, which sometimes <laughs> it's not healthy. I'll put myself into positions that force me to grow into that next level. And then I hit that next level. And then it's kind of the next thing. So you have to adapt. You have to push yourself. You have to challenge yourself. And again, it goes back to being around people that will force you to think bigger. Samantha does it. My wife does it, forces me a lot, tells me, hey, you should be doing this. And I, because here's what happens. When you achieve a certain amount of success, everybody tells you how great you are and all these things. And they won't tell you exactly the things you need to hear. But when you have somebody else close to you, when they actually say, hey, you actually need to do this a little better. If sometimes you hear it, it's like, ah, but yeah, I get it. I got to do that better. So have people tell you really what you need to do, force yourself out of your comfort zone and be flexible and be willing to adapt. What's the most courageous thing that you've had to bring forth out of yourself in this last, call it four years since, uh, since you and I worked together or five years, holy shit. Um, you know, or it can, it can be earlier. I suspect it was within this last five year period. Talk about like courage where you really had to summon it out of yourself. Yeah, it was, man, I'm trying to think any which one thing that I had to do. It was, I mean, I, I moved to, I moved to Florida, which now I got a place in Florida and Nashville, but I, I moved because I knew I needed to be in proximity of the right people. That mm-hmm. was like a leap, even though that time, like, okay, I'm taking on two places. I'm, I'm, but I knew the proximity, which as soon as I got there, I got one deal within a month that covered everything. So it was yeah. like, it was kind of realization, hey, things happen. I think a lot of things, and I don't know if I'm answering the question directly, but I've done a, things, a lot of things lately that I just say I'm going to do it, and I start putting the things in place, and I just have faith it's going to work out. And sometimes okay. it, just, it just falls into place and it works out. Um, because some people are half in, but I, just, I go all in, commit, and I put myself in a position where I have to do it, and then it somehow just things kind of fall into place. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. I would say... I'm trying to think of one thing, Tom, because I have so many that have happened over the years where I just had to go all in and, and go out of my comfort zone. I think here's one. I'll share this. This is probably not exactly what you're looking here. There was a moment, and you, you think about when you hit rock bottom, mm-hmm. where you had an experience that you, you tell yourself, I will never let this happen to me ever again. Yeah. Um, and it kind of puts a flame in you. It was December of 2019. It's where I kind of hit the the final end of the road is I, I got a call from Sam and our car got repossessed and I was not with her. I was, and she had to get an Uber and, and drive, get an Uber in 20 minutes. It was cold in Minnesota. And I was at my parents' house. And in that moment, I realized I had no control over what was happening. I literally, again, put my life into a bad situation and I didn't know what to do. And I'm stuck four hours away at my parents' house. I went down to the basement and I started screaming and bawling. And I said, I'm never going to feel like this ever again. And uh, that really was kind of the fire that led to me getting my comeback. And then the rest just kind of COVID hit. It, COVID was a blessing in disguise for me. It catapulted my business. I grew my advisor consulting business. I started getting equity in multiple companies. I, and then I went from in the hole to, to building wealth. So with what you know now, with everything that you've experienced, if you were going to go back and get in your time machine and go back in time, call it, you know, five years or seven years or whatever it is, what would you tell yourself to, or would you tell yourself anything to kind of like take the edge off or, Hey, watch out for this or watch out for that. Like, like what would you give yourself rails? Like, what would you do if you could literally put a time machine together? I did the right things. 
I think the only thing I would just say is like to my time, my time machine going back in time where I was at, I would say, Hey, Brandon, if you wake up every single day and treat this as if your life depended on it and give it everything you got, you're going to get out of this. And not only are you going to get out of this, you're going to achieve massive wealth and you're going to be more successful than you ever thought you could be. Um, but you have to wake up every day and treat it as if literally your life depended on it. And, and if you didn't give it all you got, it would be the, the death of you. And so sometimes I actually had to put myself in very uncomfortable mindset situations where it's like, if I don't do this, I will die or my mm-hmm. loved ones will die or my, like I would think of the worst things, try to motivate myself. It's like, like Michael base, Jordan. Base survival, like activate base that survival. Base survival energy. Yeah. Michael Jordan did this when he went to games. They say through his documentary that he would make up conversations that what some people would say to him that pissed him off. So when he went into that game, like it was a, a mindset of how we'd win the game. <laughs> that was one of the best parts of COVID was <laughs> watching uh, that documentary. <laughs> people would be like, I never said that. And they're like, well, it was real to me. So Bruce, yeah, exactly. And it, it's training your subconscious and your belief system. I mean, this is why I, I, I would say things in the mirror. I, I would write words down because you're tricking your own mind to believe one thing and then becomes your reality. And then everything, your awareness is around that thing that you believe in. Do you still run yourself as hard as you ran yourself back in the success in your city days, or do you give yourself, uh, do you give yourself a little bit more grace to be in process? It comes and goes and flows. It's not like doing that consistently every single day. It'll wear on a person. Um, So like I'll have weeks where I'm so like focused and going nonstop that I, it's become so part of my being. And then there's times where, I'm I'm still doing things, but I'm I'm more relaxed, so more chilling. Like this this weekend, we're going to a campground, and we're going to be in a camper for like five days. Nice. And, and so it's a good disconnect. I'm still working, by the way, but I'm just not as an intensely focused and going. But sometimes you actually need that because when you take a little step back, it gives you the ability to look at things from a different perspective, which allows you to then go back to the race again at a much higher velocity. And so. It's, it's not a constant grind every single day. It's uh, I grind, I get what's done, and I constantly think about how can I improve the system and process. I always, I play this game with myself called, if I knew what I knew now, did it have to be what it had to be then? Knowing yeah. that how it was then was the only way I got to who I, you know, who I, you know, who I am now. For you though, if you put yourself in that same, that same time machine, is there, is there a way that it had to look or feel like what it was back there, you know, like, like the pain that you went through, what you endured, what you overcame and persevered through. Did it have to be like that? Or was there, was there a way? No, it had to be that way. It definitely had to be that way because if it didn't happen that way, it wouldn't give me the strength to be who I am today. Uh, the comfortability, like everything happened for me. It really did. And now mm. it actually gives me this uh, perspective in life everything's happened for me, not against me. And I don't know in that moment exactly why it's happening, but I just say, hey, I know it's happening for a reason and what can I learn from this? And, and what, what, what is the sign for me? And I think if anybody could take that one thing away, it would change their whole perspective on life. Things happen for you, not against you. And, and again, sometimes like in the most effed up ways, whether a death or something really traumatic happens or an injury or something, there's usually like there's a down the road, you'll see why it happened and how it made you into who you are. I mean, give you an example. This is my wife and I were talking about different things in our past and journey, how it propelled us and everything. 
one thing for me is early on in my, when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. And so I had a list, so I couldn't communicate effectively. And so the, the experiences I had as a kid with a list and bullied and, and couldn't speak forced me because I wanted to figure out how to master my speaking. If I didn't have that happen to me, I probably would have never became a master at communication and sales and, and, and like how I would communicate a message. So that happened for me, not against me. Now, in the moment when I was a kid, I hated it. I was crying. People bullied me. I felt like I didn't fit in. But now I get why it happened and I'm grateful for it. That's a perspective that we have a lot on the show. And thank you for, for dropping it in such a beautiful way. It, everything from the gnarliest trauma you can imagine has the ability for it you know, to, to be contextualized in a way that it happens for you. And ultimately, like that's, you know, for me, for someone like myself, for a lot of the listeners, for maybe I'm assuming for you, like that's the juice in life. You know, that's like that's how you how you get agency over whatever, mm -hmm. over whatever occurs, you know, like that, like that's your agency, that's your learning that you're, you're moving forward and you're iterating. So if you're going to share somebody, something with someone who's longing to take uh, a risk, be more of who they are, maybe they've got a burning desire. However, they don't feel that they're in a place to, to be able to take that risk. Like they're afraid, essentially. Like, what mm -hmm. would you tell a person who might be listening like that? I would say this, are you more afraid of taking the risk or are you more afraid of waking up one day being old and always wondering what if and that right there is one thing that would drive me and that right there is a reason why i didn't quit with the show it's because i did not when i first took the trip i realized if i didn't take it now i'd never take it to go travel the country and film a show i realized if i didn't follow through and finish that I always wonder what if I did follow through and finish. So that was the driver for me to keep pushing forward, even when, and it was tough because there's times when you ask the moral of the, the vision and drive is me keeping forward, moving forward is actually hurting the people around me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually, it's sacrificing so much. And you almost ask yourself, what price am I willing to pay? And, and there was times where I thought maybe it's not worth paying the price, but I did push through. And I'm grateful that I still have my wife with me today. Um, I'm grateful that I'm still here uh, and I'm grateful my family still talks to me. <laughs> so it, that's a good thing. And that, and so I, I'm, that's, I, I would say that to anybody. I like a lot of people, it's different when you have kids. I assume I have no kids It's different when you have certain obligations or it's harder to go take that risk. At least I would think, I don't know from firsthand experience, I don't have kids, but I would say though, think about, if you figured the way to take the risk and make it happen with the kids, how that would set an example and inspiration for your kids that would allow them to become even more successful. That's the way I would kind of flip it to, to those people that are in that situation. That's perfect. I can speak from someone who does have kids and is in transition. It's just, it's just something else in the consideration set, you know, and yeah. to your point, I get to be an example. Someone who risks in that way gets to be an example for the kids. And if it doesn't exactly work out, how is that happening for me? Right. I mean, like exactly. at the end of the day, how is it happening for what are we doing? My friend, Brandon T. Adams, thank you so, so very much for spending some time with us today and dropping some nuggets. Uh, how can people connect with you? Yeah, I'm uh, at Brandon T. Adams everywhere on social media. Send me a message or just go to BrandonTAdams.com and uh, stay tuned for more to come with our 
uh, show releasing this summer. Again, you can find that at brandtadams.com. Or if you want to come tender our event, Rise and Record, go to riseandrecord.com. Oh, by the way, uh, my son, who was on that show for for a hot minute, uh, is, yeah, taller, he was. Is, is taller than me now, you know, just wants to get to, <laughs> he's just trying to get to 6'4 and 240 as fast as he can to uh, catch passes. So I digress. So I thank you so much for being uh, with us here and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation and watching your success, you, Brandon. All right, this has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always, I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace.